On this episode of the Big O Podcast, I'm joined by Mohamed Fakih, who is the CEO of Paramount Fine Foods, as well as a generous contributor for many community initiatives, such as the Feed the Heroes campaign, the Fakih Foundation, and the Mississauga Food Bank. Today, we talk about his support of the frontline heroes, what it was like trying to explain to his father that he wanted to be a gemologist, and how we used personal adversity to help send a message that bullying will not be accepted nor tolerated here in Canada. This is the Big O Podcast. Excellent. Hi, Mohammed. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me. No, thank you for doing this. Now, I know that you have been doing so much lately. And when I did some research, I got to really dive into all of the philanthropy and humanitarianism that you've been a part of. And it's really quite staggering and staggering in a really good way. Um, so I just want to, I guess I want to start from the beginning um, because I thought that your your sort of immigration to Canada was a very interesting thing. Now, you were born in Lebanon and, and, and grew up in Beirut, am I correct? Yes. And you actually took up the profession of a gemologist, is yes. that true? Yes. So, so, so how did you get into that field? Well, I didn't get into it well, I, when I decided it, but when I decided it, I thought that it was interesting and... I was very interested, and my dad was, I don't know how to spell what you're talking about, and <laughs> this is not something I would be proud of you for you doing. And and as you know, uh, back home or in a lot of places, even here, they usually introduce their son or daughter that it's a doctor and a lawyer before they will uh, introduce an entrepreneur in general, because right. an entrepreneur is not something that they want their son to study for or, or daughter and it's not a study anyway. Even when you go do a business school, they teach you how to become a great executive at a great corporation, but not as an entrepreneur. So it's it's not something that you learn in school to become an entrepreneur. It's something that you you feel and you grew and you grow inside yourself and you you like doing. And uh, so you know, I was very interested. I always was interested about the geology and the stones and why would people pay that much money about this small little rock and how does it turn from something that ugly to something that pretty. And like it was a fascinating thing for me, and I like the fact I always repeat the pressure makes diamond, so <laughs> which is true as well. Uh, I know it as a gemologist, and I know it as an entrepreneur, as an immigrant, as an and as a refugee too, right? As a Muslim, as a Middle Eastern, I know it from everywhere that pressure makes diamond. So that's right. Yeah. So I, I I called my uncle. He lived in Italy, and I said, "Can you check for me? I want to go to uh, a college, and then." To the university to study geology and become a gemologist. And at the time, the war in Lebanon was going, the civil war was going, so you couldn't, you couldn't have made, you couldn't have made a plan, a long-term plan, and for anything in life. And so I was looking for something to do a lot, like to go somewhere where I can plan something for five years forward, ten years forward, and make sure that I will reach that and accomplish it. And so he called me back and he said, yes, I arranged something for you. I registered, went alone on my own there, worked as a dishwasher in Italy while I'm studying. Even my dad was, wasn't bad off but during the Civil War, but I wanted to start something on my own. I just started from scratch and build it. And the fact that I was doing gemologist did not help me too much with my dad's financial help because he was always assumed that I am the young, crazy kid that I don't know what I'm doing and I'm gonna <laughs> run back to him one day losing every penny he invested in me and work in his company, right? And, you know, quite honestly, I wasn't sure that I would not do that. But, but what I knew, yeah, what I knew about that, that he pushed me actually to, to not ever do that. And we all do what we do in life for two things. We don't realize it. To make our parents proud, and to make our children look up to us. Right? 100%. That is, that is completely correct. And yeah. and as a, as a parent, I'm sure, you know, the the idea of being an entrepreneur is, is very it's very risky. And as a parent, you know, you wouldn't want your child to invest all of this time and effort and love and then have it not work out for them. So I can understand where your parents, especially your father, really had some hesitations with what you wanted to do, but at the end of the day, always still going to support you. Yeah, and I understand that, but in today's world, 
who does own who owns the biggest legal firms you know a lot of lawyers that became entrepreneurs and invested and For sure. so they're lawyers with entrepreneurial spirit and who owns the biggest accounting firm are accountant that they do not sit and face the computer all day long only they have entrepreneurial spirit to open a business and multiply it and make it uh, worldwide uh, like Deloitte or KPMG or uh, RSM. So the entrepreneurial spirit exists in every industry as well. And, um, and and to all the parents out there that tell their children not to become entrepreneur, there is a good lawyer and bad lawyer, and there is well off lawyer, and there is poor lawyers, and there is so <laughs> so being a lawyer is not a guarantee of an income of certain amount of money. That said, sure. I have nothing against lawyer. I love lawyers, especially the one that sells me property and do good, <laughs> and do, do my charity documentation not the uh, not the not the other one and the one that defends me from pa- bad people too but, perfect but yes. in general so that's how i got to gemology i loved it my dad always introduced me last out of my three brothers <laughs> right but i loved that because that gave yeah. me the wanting to actually climb the wall faster higher with much more persistence and resilience Right, it gave you it lit that fire underneath you to be successful. It made you work harder, and and that's really the spirit of an entrepreneur, right? You're sort of in it for yourself, and you gotta you're gonna prove everybody wrong. So in in 1996, you decided to to immigrate into Canada. What sparked that want to move to Canada? It's 1999. Oh, 1999. Sorry. So I mean, I I lived in Italy for a very long time, but that said, I always heard how welcoming are the people of Canada, how the country is beautiful and open for everyone, how the country is accepting, and how there is an opportunity, an equal opportunity for everyone in Canada. And I always loved that, and I wanted that. I wanted to have an equal opportunity. I wanted I wanted a place that will be a place of hope. I'm, I'm someone that today I don't think I'm very accomplished, and I'm really looking forward to do much more, and I wanted the country to support me and to push me to do it and make everything available, the tools. You need a toolbox for everything. For and sure. to be successful, you need the proper toolbox anywhere you go, anything you do. And Canada gives you that that toolbox, gives you that safety, the security, the support, and the equal treatment for you to achieve. And look, for an immigrant that I arrived here with a $1,200 in my pocket to have my name on the biggest sports arena in Peel, you know what? That shows you how beautiful and how accepting is this country. And that's what brought me here, the Canadian dream, what brought me here, the Canadian dream that we do not speak often of. We always speak about the American dream, that it's very right. self-interested, that it's even the, the, the sign of the American dream is a white picket fence to divide people one from the other. The America, the Canadian dream is a beautiful dream where, where we all come together to help each other. We're, 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 one, we're, we're in pain and we saw what just happened during the coronavirus and, yep. and, and we saw a positive into a pandemic where everyone is helping everyone, where we all feel the pain of every single one of us. And that's amazing. That's Canada and that's the Canadian dream why I came here. Now, helping people is definitely something that has become synonymous with your name. When when you say Mohammed, it is definitely when you look at the list of things that you've been a part of. Um, you know, in 2017, there was the unfortunate shooting at a, at a mosque in Quebec and you stepped up and helped arrange and pay for the funerals as well as the repairs to the actual mosque. Later that same year, Toronto went through one of its coldest spells. And when the, all of the Toronto uh, shelters were maxed out, you actually helped pay for hotel, dozens of hotel rooms to help the homeless and those in need to get out of the cold so they had a warm place to stay. Um, 256 Parliament Street, the fires that went out. You spearheaded raising $125,000 in just 24 hours to help those families. So the idea around the podcast that I'm doing, it's called the Big O Podcast, the O standing for Ohana. Ohana is a Hawaiian term meaning family and not family in the sense of what you're born into, but those who you choose to associate yourself with and who you choose to be around. And so after this latest you know, news report of, of your pairing with Bonnie Crombie, the mayor of Mississauga, to help the Mississauga Food Bank. You know, I, I did some research. I talked to my wife, who is arguably your biggest fan 
in the world oh, when we, we were talking and you know I, I that's when I, I first messaged you on Instagram and I didn't want to tell her because I didn't want to be disappointed if it didn't work out but once I told her that I said you know Muhammad actually wrote back to me and he's you know told me to email him and get in touch with him so we could do it you know her eyes lit up she was so excited because you are what she calls the definition of humanity you are the definition of Ohana. You use the people of Toronto, Mississauga, Peel, Durham, whoever it is, those in need are your family. You look to help out. And in certain situations, especially during the early part of this pandemic, we saw a lot of CEOs, you know, try to cut their salaries for a little bit for a short period of time to try to help their employees so they didn't lay them off. But before a pandemic even stroke, you were struck, you were actually helping those in need, not because you had to, but because you chose to. So what's your motivation to help those around you in the ways that, that you have so far? Well, number one, I have to admit something. I don't think I'm an actual CEO. I think I'm someone that's <laughs> going to be living and dying a staffer and a poor guy that lived in a basement apartment that dressed up in a nice CEO suit, sometimes nice, sometimes not as nice. But what I take a pride of is me being here at a restaurant in 10 minutes after we finish I'll have five with the people behind my cooking line, talk to them, chat with them, listening to their stories and learning from them and vice versa and making them feel very proud about their job. So what inspires me to do this is my life and um, how I was brought up. And again, one more time, I was brought up in a house with a father and a mother that made me believe that the only way I could be protected and blessed, even to the extreme, the only way I could be safe, not hit by a car, and the only way I could be fortunate in every business dealing I have, if I start my day by doing something that benefits someone else. Right. So just frame it and frame my whole life that way. Yeah. If I believe really and I'm and I truly wired that way. I am wired that the only way, and I know a lot of accounting firm will never agree with me, <laughs> but I am wired in a way that more you give, more you make. Right. And it's not like a bank machine you put from one side, you get from the other side. Life brings you opportunity from the most unexpected, amazing way that you will sit down and say, oh my God, this is what's so unexpected and look how it ended on my lap. Just specifically today when I did one, two, three to that family, right? right? Yeah. That's one. Number two, I was wired in a way that you never forget. We have something in our religion that it says, if someone teaches you a letter, you will serve them for the rest of your life. And Canadian has not, did not only teach me a letter, they teach me a life. And they gave me an opportunity. And they accepted me. And they gave me a chance to build a family. And to succeed, excel, and give back. So imagine on the formula that if you meet someone and that person would teach you a letter, you will you, you have the duty to serve them for life. Right. So that puts me under the duty, the duty to say to, to, to serve this community, to serve this country, and to be the most loyal to this beautiful country and people that I love. I love it from my heart, right? Not only for the rest of my life, I need to actually write it in my will for my children to help this country, to, to donate, donate to the people in need and the most vulnerable. Because on that formula, so very, like people think it's complicated. It's simple. Three formulas in my life, and these are the three formulas. You feed people, you treat people the way you want to be feeding your children and your children being treated. You, you are only blessed, you are only protected, you are only fortunate if you start your day by helping someone else. And, you know, the third formula, never ever forget the people that help you. If you were down, if you were up, it doesn't matter when, right? That's right. And that, if you unpack every one of those, gets to a business philosophy that is actually not only the good thing to do in today's world, 
is the profitable thing to do. That's right. And it's 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 interesting as we continue and move forward with this pandemic and you continue to help, we're now entering into our holy month, right? The month of Ramadan. And so it, it's just one of those things that, you know, it's sort of, it partners with it where you do good upon others. And I'm sure right now, you are you have your mind going a million different ways. You want to help your community. You want to help your employees at your franchises. You're also are you fasting during this time yeah. as well? So you're fasting. So I mean you're you're burning the candle at both ends right now. Yet you're still helping out with the Mississauga Food Bank. You're still continuing with all of your initiatives. You're still helping with the frontline healthcare workers. Where do you find the time to balance that? Plus, you have, is it three sons? You have three yeah, sons? I have three boys. So you have three boys. So you have to play family man. You have to play um, uh, worker, employee, CEO. We'll put them all into that one category. And then you also play this part of humanitarian <coughs> to help your community. How do you balance all of those things? Number one, let me tell you something. A lot of people, I see a lot of... Uh, you know, TED talk about uh, work-life balance and all this, that doesn't exist. Okay? <laughs> Let me make it short and simple. It doesn't exist. You have to pick and choose who you want to be in life. Right. And you need to define community for yourself and family for yourself. And so when you define, once you define family and community, then you have a balance. I actually right. have the biggest balance between work and family because my family is my community. And when I'm serving my community, I bring my smaller family to, the, to serve with me the community. Right. Right. And I am with my small family when it matters the most. But as an entrepreneur, as, an, as, as someone committed to his bigger family, which is a community in Canada. Yep. Right. I cannot and will never happen that I'm there at every time that there is a private lesson for my kids. But I am there at every important hockey game. Right. Right. right? So. You'll be with a smaller family when it matters, but will, you need to be with a bigger family when it matters as well. And if you truly wired that your bigger family and your country is part of your family, then there is no way that you will miss a day where your bigger family needs you or your smaller family needs you. Right. Now, where do I find the, the time? I'll get all of them to buy in into each other. <laughs> and I'll treat the community as a family. I'll treat the company, my company and my staff as a family, my franchisee as a family, and we all together change our world. Right? I do work yeah. 21 hours a day, even Jeez. now. Jeez. Right? But I don't think I want to sleep. I don't think I want to sleep. I'm so happy every day I wake up and nothing hurts except my job. I'm smiling right. all day long <laughs> because like, Look, I, I, I have committed to myself that I will never do a job or a business and I will never buy a company that will only make money. I right. want to buy a company that will make money, but it does satisfy me inside. Okay. Because a lot of people make money, but their business does not make them happy. So they For go sure. spend time somewhere else to become happy too. What I do every day with the community with my bigger family, smaller family, and mid-sized family, and that's how we call them. Smaller family is my three boys, my fa my wife, my mom, my dad, my son, my brothers, and everything. Mid-sized family is my company, my franchisees, my suppliers, the people that we work with, and our bigger family is a family that always stands as one in the time of pain is Canada. The people right. that donate to the campaign that this crazy man launches every five <laughs> days, possibly lately, right? But they still buy into it. And then when yes. you have all this buy into each other, you'll always find the time. And right. you know what? Time is found according to excitement. And right. if you're excited about things to serve on, I'm excited always and every day to serve beside my Paramount team and my frontline heroes at Paramount. So I always find time for them. I'm very excited to serve the food bank, the homeless, and and the frontline hero in the medical uh, and, the, uh, and the police department. Uh, yeah. I always find time for them, right? So it depends where do you find yourself. And when people right. say, I want time for myself, well, for me, that's time for myself. I. But that's you're using your time for yourself to help those because that's, that's what's exactly important it. to you. Because it does heal you as well. It does make you feel better. It's not only help the person you're helping. It helps you. It helps your family seeing you doing something like this. It helps your team yep. seeing you. You know how many companies called me and said, Mohammed, we would like to donate. How can we do it? I'm like, guys, I'm not the encyclopedia <laughs> here, but, but that's how I've done it. Oh, do right. you want to do it with me? Yeah, I'll do it with you the first time. 
And right. again, we become what we celebrate. That's and right. because this community has celebrated the good deeds of someone or many other people, a lot of people watching from far has seen that and they wanted to buy in and register to that. That's right. And this pandemic gave them an opportunity. Like I see young people like go get rescue today or uh, build it by design. These are young people that they used to eat at Paramount table 10 years ago. They were kids with wearing glasses, sitting at the table with their parents to eat at Paramount. Today they're leading, they're leading 500 meal feed to the homeless and 300 right. meal like Kuljeev and Simon. And like, and, and it makes me, it gives me that happiness. But on the time that we were talking about, it makes my day a week. Right. And I can do in a day, one week, when you see other people doing it, and we all win. And and that's the thing, too. With this pandemic, the pandemic is not taking any time off, right? The pandemic is continuing to, to grow and, I mean, hopefully slow down, but... While it, while you or someone else were to rest, the pandemic continues to get stronger. But with your mentality and your work ethic and the time and effort you're putting in, you're doing everything that you possibly can to help, like you said, your small family and your big family. Now, you were on an Instagram live, I want to say a week ago, I can't, or maybe 10 days ago, I can't remember who it was with, but the questions were brought up, you know, employees are feeling stressed either whether it's financially or emotionally to be working at a time when everything else is closed and then you brought up everybody is going through this whether you're at home you're at work and you actually physically being there with your employees with your co-workers i might say yes you know offering you whether it's delivery like you said the food line i'm sure that provides a motivating factor that not a lot of companies during this time have because they see their their CEOs or their managers or their owners and their high towers up above just dictating what they should be doing. But you're leading by example. You have the gloves on. You have, you're in the delivery truck. You're making it happen. You're on the news with Mayor Crombie addressing your community, your family, your people. That is one of the most inspirational parts of this entire COVID-19 when it comes to not only Toronto, but Mississauga and the people of Ontario. They get to see you as their public figure, always willing to put your hand out to help. And I agree with all that, but I think we actually took a decision as a team, as a family at Paramount, that yeah. no one should stay at the office because right. those frontline heroes that serving the customer I do not want them to look less at the people sitting at the office. And For sure. we rotated people from home straight to the restaurant. So our accountants are coming to the restaurant with laptop to work from there. In front of wow. frontline heroes. So nobody will think of the, well, why does he care? He's sitting at an right. office safe, like yep. for example. So we worry so much about culture and people. And For sure. Maintaining a positive culture among executives and making sure we celebrate our Let's all use this part, our frontline heroes. We've been right. using it in Panama for 12 years. Well, there you go. Frontline heroes and noble mission. So we always use these two words. The noble mission is have a culture where we're all like a family and where success is not a bottom line of a financial statement. Right. Success is having another family with you and where people purpose and planet comes before profit and the profit will follow again people purpose planet before profit and the profit will follow so this is our noble mission and our frontline heroes are the people that they're putting their life at risk not only today every single day since paramount started and where they should they should never be feeling that we were forgotten by the executive when you are in a boardroom and all the executive got along and high five. How does that touches the front line here? And if it doesn't, it's not a good strategy. It doesn't matter how good it is for the company bottom line and profit. Has to be, and those frontline hero representative of them always have to be sitting on the boardroom with us. And that's how we always sure. operate it. And bringing all the head office, including the marketing team, to work from a restaurant and put food on the bag, the last touch to hand it to the customer, shows the people that behind the line and behind the ovens that look what happened. We took our houses in the pandemic to come here. 
but they took their family and their offices and they came here to help us pack up the bag for the customer as well. So it, it brings that culture together and it answers the underline or the, the questions that people are not courageous enough to voice. For sure. And those are that hurts the most, that hurts the most in the culture of a company. Right. See, and, and you're, you're creating, like you said, a culture, a great work culture where you lead by example, which unfortunately isn't always the case. And, you know, I mean, that's everyone's prerogative. You have your vision of how you want your company to run and your organizations, your foundations and your charities. And you lead by example, which is absolutely amazing. So while some people may only talk about, you know, either your coworkers or everybody that you define as a frontline hero, the reality is you yourself are a frontline hero. You aren't someone who hides in the boardroom. So I know you don't want to hear it. You may not accept it, but it's it's true from an outside perspective, looking at everything that you've done. I mean, you even during the, the Syrian refugee crisis went to Syria to truly understand what was going on in that scenario. And to this point, have hired over a, a hundred, maybe 150, maybe 200 Syrian refugees to work in your restaurants or work in your corporations. So you've you partnered with the Canadian government, I believe, to extend that program, right? So yeah. again, you're not just helping your community here. You're you're helping communities everywhere that need to be helped, that need a little bit of help to get through. Cause again, you knew what it was like to immigrate to Canada with not a whole lot of money in your pocket and to grind and to fight and to make yourself into the person that you are today, you're still helping those who during that Syrian refugee crisis, not everybody was so open to having them come to Canada. I understand that. uh, But I'm a, again, I always recommend everyone not to forget where they came from. For sure. Always. And the people that try to change their name from Mohammed to Mo or Mike or Bilal to Bill, uh, because that will make them more Canadian. It's a big mistake. More Canadian is what Canadian do is celebrating people and different culture. And don't let the louder haters or the louder people that send different message about Canada win. This place is a place of love and Canada will always win against any wrong message or hate or divided message. As far as other CEOs and being in hands-on or not, I think they're coming around. I think they're finding themselves in a corner where they have no other option but change the way they think. And if I look at it 10 years ago when I used to say to my team, let's don't put our name on a bus or on CP24. I love CP24, don't get me wrong. (laughs) But let's actually donate. And then the community will support us and they will come more often to Paramount. And you will be prouder in front of your children. Our franchisee at the time, they didn't believe in it that much. Today they believe more. We hear more now talk about purpose in companies and social corporate social responsibility. We yep. all know that there is some of it lip service, but oh, it's okay. Sure. But it's okay. I love it because now at least we're talking about it. Right. So five, ten years from now, that will that will be proven that lip service alone is not good, and we will all become hands-on more with that. Even shareholders of bigger company today are expecting for, from CEO to include in the culture something about purpose, something about uh, community, and something about planet. So it's becoming the must thing to do. Not because maybe they like it today, but slowly, slowly they realize that they could be at home and at work the same people. Because a lot of them are very sweet at home. But when they come to work, they think part of being the tough CEO is the best (laughs) way and the most successful way. It doesn't work. It doesn't work anymore. Well, it takes a situation like this too to really show you what the right thing to do is. And a lot of people, I think, know what the right thing to do is, but taking that first step to doing it is always the hardest, right? Because some people think of either their bottom line or you know how they're looked or viewed as a CEO or as an owner or whatever to make that sort of decision. But people are starting to realize, as you said now, there's the right thing to do and you're getting more and more people who are donating to, to help, uh, whether it's food or to drop off PPEs for the frontline heroes, a lot more people are, like you said, are getting involved, are coming around and providing a little bit more than just lip service because they understand that this is something that hopefully does not come around often, 
But while it's here now, we use it as an example to maybe change the way that things have been done in the past to move forward with a new way of thinking and a new way of doing business. But let me, let, and allow me for a minute. Sure. You said two things and they're very important. One is they're more worried about the bottom line. So let me tell you something. <laughs> if they're actually worried about the bottom line, they should donate double. Okay. And I'm going to prove it to you in three seconds. <laughs> what would make a company, and I know you should be asking the question, not me asking uh, you that uh, question. Listen, it's okay, I, no I'm, problem. I'm, I'm always like this as a guy, so, you know, it will be all over the place soon too, so don't worry, <laughs> I, I promise. So, what would make a company successful to you or to any other CEO? I'm not going to test you so you don't make a mistake on your own <laughs> podcast. Or, or, and there is nothing called mistake, is the way we actually think. Right. My knowledge says that there is a lot of money and enough money around the world. So having the right capital, it's not a big deal anymore. What people are missing today, ideas to make real money. And that, where does ideas come from? People, talents, right? right? So if you have money, you don't have ideas, you don't make money. Correct. So if you, don't, if you have money, you don't have ideas because you don't have good talents, you don't make money. Right. I know it's going to be longer repeating this every time. That's okay. So no money, no ideas, no talents, no good people, no money. So what you need? You need good people. Right. So if I pay my executive to a certain level, let's say $85,000, and the other company pays them $85,000, why would they come to Paramount over the other company? Because today's talents they want to be part of something much bigger than themselves. For sure. And the only thing bigger than us, all of us, is the community. Of course. You know who's bigger than us? Is the homeless. You know who's bigger than us? Is the sick children. Yep. Those are the people bigger than all of us. I agree. And CEOs today are on a stage where their best talent in the world are watching them how they act. And if they buy, buy into them how they act, They'll come in and work for, the, for that company and with that CEO beside them. Like you said, they'll become their co-workers. That's right. Not on lip service, on reality. That's right. Yep. And they'll see you. You need to interview your CEO moving forward. Not your right. CEO only interviewing you. Because we as CEOs are dying for good talent, dying for good people. People equal success. To every CEO out there, if you're really that harsh CEO that wants more the bottom line and the bottom line is dollar and cent, be good to the people and be and run a company with a lot of purpose that looks after community and be part of Canada being a one family. Right. And show that family stand together in the time of pain and be part of the people standing with that family in the time of pain. Right? Right. No, no, for sure. And that will bring money. So if you're someone, my dad used to say, the bottom line in business is a positive bottom line. And I'm like, okay, dad, but you're very charitable. <laughs> oh, these are different. Well, I'm here to say to my dad, and I've said it to him several times, they are not different. If you bring what you do in your family to the community, to your work, it will multiply your profit and it will give you ability to give more. Right. Right. So the first time bottom line, I'm saying it's equal people and purpose and the profit will follow. You know how many times people say to me that I'm going to go buy from Paramount tonight because I saw you donating to this cause or that cause. Well, that's a real number bottom line approved P&L with RSM and Ernst & Young and Deloitte seeing more yeah. top line sales coming because you're doing good to the community and will result to more bottom line. I agree. I, I listen, I completely agree. I think that while some people may use the word brand, but you're using it, your community is understanding and seeing, you know, this person is helping the people when we're in need. And you know what, we are more definitely incentivized to go and, you know, get a get a nice dinner, get a nice lunch, curbside pickup or, or, or takeout or whatever it is. I do agree that the more that you do shines more of a light on your business. And when people start to understand the type of business person that you are and the charities and the foundations that you contribute to, you know, we can get behind a person like this. And, and that, I mean, 
I can't remember what year it was. I want to say maybe 2018. You can correct me on this. When uh-huh. there was there was an issue with a with a Toronto restaurant where I want to I believe it was Sufi's, correct? Yeah, it was Sufi's restaurant 2018, yeah. That 2018. So there there became 2019, a little sorry, 2019. 2019. Okay, yeah. There became a little bit of an issue that got the owner's son in a little bit of hot water and it became a problem for the family to try to keep the business open because they were either getting threats or, or people were saying bad things and they were going to close down their restaurant. And at that time you did not allow that to happen. You stepped in and what was your contribution to help Sufis during their hard time? Oh, wow. Really? I mean, I, I was sitting at home and I read this article in on New York Times or Washington Post saying, businesses are closing down in Toronto due to threat and hate. I stood up. Because if, yeah. the, if an American article is gonna say that about us, yes. there is something wrong about the article or what's happening. And right. my fault, I didn't know anything about the sun and I didn't wanna know. So right. I tweeted, and I said, the, who does know the Sufi's restaurant owners? First one of my staff tweeted, and no one answered. When I tweeted, a couple of people answered. Right. And said, that's their phone number, call them. So I called them and I said, I'm on my way, where are you? And they said, well, oh, thank you for calling this. I said, stop, 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 where are you? <laughs> yeah. And they said, I'm a, we are at the restaurant, we're packing up and we're leaving our staff, all of them are gone already, we're, we're done. I said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You're done, you're great, that's fine. I just wanna give you a handshake and have a chat with you for five minutes but don't do anything crazy until I get there. And he said, okay, well, please rush because we're gonna go. Right. We're worried, we're scared. Yeah. So on my way down, a couple of people called me and said, you know, you maybe don't know the story. Their son did this, their son did that. I said, you know what, actually I do not wanna Google the story. Right. And please don't tell me, because I wanna do the right thing. And the right thing basically, God help us all, if our children do something somewhere, that that will justify a mother and a father getting a death threat yep. and their business shut down just because someone decided, and that's not the law, that's not yeah. legal, yep. to decide to take things into their own hand and judge the parent for their son's action. Regardless yep. what their son did, we'll deal with it separately. Not a justified, but separate. Right. That's what I learned in Canada, that's the law. Yeah. Right? No, if you're right. And I confirmed, I texted my lawyer and I said, if my son killed someone, am I going to jail? No. <laughs> do I do this? No. I just thought I'm losing it because I'm not seeing yes. the, the, the relation. Right. And why all right. these great people that I have so much respect calling me saying, don't do it, Mohammed, don't do it. You are yeah. very important. Your reputation is important. I'm like, no, I will lose myself if I don't do the right thing. I'm right. not worried about my reputation to the outside. I need to not lose myself. So right. I walked in and I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm walking away. They're threatening me. They're going to kill me. They beat up my son. They do it. I said, I, keep your son's story out. This is yeah. a business that has a staff. And you have brought and put all your money in here. He said, you know, we're very proud people. And if it's money or family safety, family comes first. I said, they come together. They're one and the same. And what you're doing you're inviting the haters to do it every day, business after business, we're gonna start shutting down because of you. Yeah. And I'm not gonna let you do that. Oh, I'm done, I made my decision. I said, I'll buy it. Jeez. He looked at me, he said, I'll buy it. I'll walk to my car, bring back a check. But what I want, I don't, I'm not worried about your tables and chair. I want the brand name to stay up so we can mm-hmm. send all of us this message that hate in Canada will never ever win. Right. That's the country that I picked to come because it's a beautiful, loving country. We're not going to let hate to win. This a small percentage of loud people cannot wait, wait, win against the silent majority. And right. the majority that's silent majority, we need to slowly, slowly to take them to stop being a silent majority because our silence is a wink. It's sending that's the right. wrong message that we're, we're, we're okay with what they're doing. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing because, I mean, you talk about helping those in need and I don't want to get into the details of what happened in 2016 too much, but just sort of an overview of you yourself fell victim to people's ignorance and hate when it came to posting videos and, and saying 
such terrible things about you as a person, even photoshopping some some images. Um, it, it painted you in not necessarily the great light and you took it upon yourself to make sure that you fought for what you believed in and didn't allow someone else to have that influence on you. And you actually, you won your defamation lawsuit, which was, which was incredible. But what was your motivation for doing that? Cause you could have stayed in silence. You could have just, you know, taken it cause you knew it didn't necessarily affect you, but what was your motivation to say, you know me. what? No, no, it did affect me. You have to no, Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I don't want people to think I'm that tough person that, yes. uh, you know, CEOs could be more, could, they're human like everyone. Some of them are very sensitive. Some of them are, they, they, they get offended. They get scared. They get like everybody else. They're not robot, robots. And and, uh, right. and and one of my mission is to change the way CEOs looked at out there. Right. Yeah. So, um, no, it did affect me. It affected my family. I was attacked in a shopping center by those oh, wow. people with my three children there. Uh, someone stick a stick the phone six inch away from my uh, five years old boy's face, Jeez. and so so I went through. I, I I got sick actually for three days because I wasn't able to punch that man in the face. Right. Because he actually was slicing my skin in front of my children. Oh wow! Like 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 I felt that way when somebody's yes. attacking you and bullying you in front of your children and you're not allowed even to to to, to push back. You know, it's worse than the feeling of your skin being sliced in front of everybody, and 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 that that what didn't sit well with me, and definitely my family it created more difficulties with my family, but she was always supportive. My kids were always supportive, but it did come between me and my teaching to my children that you need to stand up always to bullies, and children don't have the patience of two years lawsuit, so no. they were looking at me and doubting me that does that stand for what he says he stand for like this person bullied us in front of him and he didn't say anything and so that psychological impact on me but i snapped out of it again under the feeling of the smaller family mid-sized family and bigger family and i was worried about my children and everyone that looked like my children or different different color different religion we all think because our kids were born here, they're not subject to hate and to discrimination due to their religion, color of skin or background. But we are mistaken. They are subjected to these things. And if we do not set a record of fights and a win like I won the biggest lawsuit of defamation in Canada, historically. Yes. Right? Hist- historic. And, and so far, a lot of people are leaning on that judgment to win their own cases. It was never about the money. I told, no. I said to everyone, I will donate that money. I don't need it. I don't need dirty people's money to come to my house or to my children's stomach as food or cars or anything. Um, alhamdulillah, blessed. And I love what I've been doing and what I've been given and the help that Canadian community given me. And I think, and I truly think, beside the mentality of giving back, this is the biggest gift or the biggest fight that I brought to the, to the community where people should not be discriminated against just because of where they come from or their religion. And that win was two years, was very costly, was psychologically one of the most difficult moments of my life. But I couldn't lose myself because if I was not to do anything, you wouldn't see Mohammed Fiki today during the pandemic. And you wouldn't see me everywhere trying to help because I would have lost myself. And my wife, what my wife said, do you really care about this guy? He's a loser. Right. I said, yes, I do. Not about him, about the message I will send For if sure. I let him get away with it. 100%. And, 100%. and she said, to who? I said, to me. <laughs> yeah. To me, because if I will accept that, I will lose myself. And to every young, old, mid-age, everyone out there, don't let anything make you lose yourself. Including right. if you were to lose your money, but don't look, you lose yourself. That's right. Because when you lose yourself, you lose everything. To me, a bankrupted person is someone that lost themselves. That's fair. I like that. Now, I know you're a busy man, so I don't want to take up much more of your time. But I will want to say, I mean, you took a struggling shawarma restaurant, turned it into 80 plus franchises around the world, not just Canada, North America, around the world. You 
are what people will look at as a true entrepreneur and a success story of someone, as you said, coming to Canada for the Canadian dream. You've talked about it throughout this, but one more time, what's, if you had one important thing that you could stress to an entrepreneur, because obviously the times have changed between what you experienced back then to where we are now, entrepreneurship is a little bit more accepted and there are a lot more entrepreneurs now. What's the one piece of motivational advice you could give to someone who's looking to get started? Find a mentor and know what you don't know. I like that. I like that. Very nice. Um, all right. So people can find you at CEO underscore Mohammed dot Paramount on Instagram. Um, Paramount Fine Foods official on Instagram as well. Always posting great deals, great pictures of the food. Definitely hard to see during the month of Ramadan. I'm not going to lie because it looks delicious. <laughs> try, but when, try the chicken. You should try the chicken. Listen, they have the great iftar deals right now. It's fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but I do want to say now. they can find now, me slicing shawarma behind the shawarma line at Paramount as well. Perfect. There we go. We'll be looking for you. Now, uh, all of your initiatives that you're currently doing. So you had the Mississauga Food Bank that you tried to raise. What was it? $800,000? Well, no, we, we, we reached $840,000 yeah. yesterday, last Thursday. But Within I just found days. out that they need another $325,000. And okay. we're already almost halfway through that too. So we'll be Amazing. around million one probably. And that's less than 20 days. See, that's, that's, that's incredible. That's how a community will look when we come together. Now, what, what other initiatives or charities so are you I'm, currently I'm part of? I'm working with the Grocer Hero. It's a okay. national campaign that I'm one of their main supporters. And they announced the partnership a couple of weeks ago, but we were working behind the, the, the scene before that. So Grocer Hero is an initiative that's national. Volunteer will go to, will take orders from medical staff, doctors, and will shop for their houses for grocery. And so they can actually dedicate more time to their family and to rest so they can keep us more protected. Conquer COVID-19 that started with my friend Suleiman Ahmed and his lovely wife Khadija as well, um, one of their main supporters as well. And all their volunteers uh, are looked after so we can get these guys on shawarma. So a lot of people say, <laughs> what are you guys on? You're so energetic while well, they're on shawarma from Piyama. So we're supporting them to make sure that they are looked after eating healthy and keeping themselves safe so we can serve the community uh, as well. Um, part of um, helping as well get a rescue with feeding hundreds and hundreds of meal to the frontline heroes. We have 50% of every frontline hero for them and their family when they come in, uh, always across all payment. Uh, we are a part as well of uh, feeding the um, uh, homeless shelters we have an iftar meal uh, donated already for 40 people every single day of Ramadan for 40 homeless. Wow. Uh, Muslim homeless because the kitchen closes uh, before much earlier than the iftar time. We have right. another 60 every single day as well. Iftar for wow. Muslim homeless as well on the other side. Paramount has fed since the start of the pandemic close to 9,000 meals as well donated by Paramount. Along with that, we support the uh, Feed the Heroes uh, with Russell, the campaign as well. Like, we're with a lot of campaigns. Right. Like, to, so, put it, to put it that way, we are with a lot of campaigns. I'm afraid that I'm missing something. And to the one I missed, I apologize. And not because I'm less proud. I'm proud of every campaign I'm part of. And I'm proud of every campaign I'm not proud of. Very proud yeah. of the people that actually said, you know what, I'm going to put my life at risk to go out there and help right. those people. Now, if people want to donate or contribute or even read more about the different uh, initiatives that you that you have, is there a specific place that they can go to find the information? Well, yeah, I mean, Mrs. Saga Food Bank. But I, I look, I'm very, I'm not bad at do, at, at at fundraising. So <laughs> yeah. donate to any cause that close to your heart. Doesn't have to be one led by me. But right. if you want, or not led, not all, all of them are led by me. There is a lot of great leader better than me, smarter than me, the leading campaigns that I, I am part of as well. But, you know, Mississauga Food Bank needs a lot of help. Food banks in general and the homeless in general, uh, Seeds of Hope uh, is a shelter that I support all year around. Okay. And they're here in Toronto. And it's ran by a church, actually. Uh, okay. by, uh, by Catholic nun, uh, priests and nuns and by a great friend of mine, uh, as well, she runs it, uh, the DM there. And uh, it's another great charity to donate to. 
schizophobe for the homeless. I don't know if you saw their video about uh, not having water and everything. Yes. So, yeah, so that's the charity. Schizophobe is an amazing charity as well to help. So I'm, I'm a proud to be part of all this charity. But charities are charity. I mean, whatever close to your heart. And if you want to help, yeah, Seeds of Hope, Mississauga Food Bank for sure as well. is a great one to, to, to support, right? And my friend Navbatia, super fan, started now his uh, food truck to take it around. And he's asking people to donate so he can deliver food, which is that super fan for Raptor, that famous uh, Nav. Yes. But... I, I know him as my brother and my friend. I don't know him only as super fan, but very proud right. of him to be super fan. But Nav has a great heart as well, right? And look, a great initiative out there in the city. Just honestly go back to the same first sentence where I started this with. When you help someone, even for $5 in the morning, please start training your children to be wired, that you will be blessed, you will be protected, and you will be more fortunate, and more you give, more you make. And if you do that, I'm sure you will feel better. And the only positivity, the only thing that will snap people out of the stress, the negativity of this pandemic is helping and changing someone else's life. It'll change yours before theirs. Amazing stuff, Mohammed. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today and uh, continued success during all of your ventures during this crazy time and um please stay safe stay with your family both big and small and uh like i said thank you very much for doing this with me today no no thank you very much and uh i want to thank as well your wife for, yes for <laughs> celebrating people that. who does good in the community again yeah. i want to end it with reminding people we do become what we celebrate so what your wife is doing is celebrating someone that is doing good for the community. And hopefully people will see that. And we all celebrate people that does good for the community. So we all do more for the community. And Amazing. we all make sure that we give back to this beautiful country, this place of hope that quite honestly, we have the opportunity in Canada to lead the world in a time that the world badly needed and to show that we could be successful, but still very compassionate. Thank you very much again. Amazing. Thank you very much, Mohammed. Have yourself a great day. Yeah, you too. You'll be, you'll be safe care. too. Thank you. You too.